eyes, and we privilege and these resume virtues above all else. And as a result, Brooks says that many of us are clearer on how to build an external career than an inner character. And maybe you've felt that before. I know that in a room like this, in a town like Lake Forest, that many of you here today have incredibly impressive resumes. And there's nothing wrong with that at all, obviously. But there is a risk. There is a risk. Uh, the legendary music producer, Rick Rubin, tells a story about being asked how he felt after uh, having the number one album in the country. And he remembers saying to that journalist that I've never felt more unhappy in my entire life. How can that be? How could that be? Well, Rubin says that we mistakenly think that some kind of outward success is going to change something in us. And it rarely does. It may make life more comfortable. It may make life more fun in the short term or even the long term. But it doesn't ultimately change who we are. And so Brooks says that if you live long enough for external achievement, the years will pass. And the deepest parts of you might go unexplored. And eventually, you might discover a gap between who you are and maybe who you want to be. And in theological terms, you might recognize this gap as the gap between a sinner and a saint. And once you recognize this gap, then what do you do? Well, one thing you might be tempted to do is what you do best, which is achieve. You might uh, attempt to do more religious things. You might attempt to uh, pray more or to uh, study the Bible rigorously, or you might attend to church more. Thank you very much. It's good to see you here today. Uh, you might, you know, just try to be a really, really nice person. And the more that you try to do these things, eventually you will discover that you can't ever really do enough to fill whatever hole you're trying to fill. And at that moment, once you make that realization, you have a choice. You can either accept that you are an imperfect person, that you are a person who needs grace and mercy, that you do not have it all together, that you never will achieve work-life balance, or you can avoid that rather uncomfortable admission and just to pretend that everything's perfect. One of my favorite New Yorker cartoons depicts a man and a woman sharing dinner together. And he says to her, look, I can't promise to change, but I can promise to pretend to change. <laughs> and you laugh because you've had that conversation. <laughs> Somehow, some way. And you know, you know that it's far easier to pretend to change than to actually change. Well, in our story for today that I've just read, Jesus confronts the Pharisees for doing exactly this, for pretending. They were living for external achievement. He says, they do all their deeds to be seen by others. One commentator labels this passage, the heading over it, a religious fashion show. And what does Jesus say it amounts to? A heavy burden. It is exhausting, pretending to be righteous all of the time. It's like carrying around a boulders, a backpack of boulders on your back. And the remarkable thing, and I want you to hear this today, the remarkable thing that Jesus is saying in this, in this encounter is that if your faith feels like a burden, something's wrong. That's not what faith is. And thankfully, he tells us there is another way to live. 
Faith, Jesus says, begins with humility. He says, all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. Here's how Eugene Peterson translates these words. Do you want to stand out and step down? Be a servant. If you puff yourself up, you'll get the wind knocked out of you. But if you're content to simply be yourself, your life will count for plenty. If you are content to be yourself, in other words, humility. Humility, as far as I understand, is that the best definition of it is the full acceptance of the truth about ourselves, imperfections and all. And just think about the people in your life who you consider to be humble. One of the things, or one of the ways you might describe them is that they're comfortable being themselves. Uh, you might even say that they're authentic or they're genuine. They don't feel the need to talk about themselves. They don't make themselves the center of attention. They don't talk down to or judge other people. Often, these are the people in your life who are asking you and other people the most questions. Most of all, they don't pretend to be something that they're not. One of the names, uh, you know, that we're going to read this list of names in just a minute at the conclusion of our service today. These saints who are known to us uh, as an act of remembrance and gratitude. And, and by reading their names, we're, we're giving thanks to God for their lives. Many of you will know these names. You will bring a flower and you will put it in one of these vases as a way of giving thanks. Well, one of the names that I'm thinking about today is not written uh, on the list that's in your bulletin. Uh, he's not known to this congregation, uh, but he is known to me. His name uh, was Brian Dunnigan, and Brian was the senior pastor of uh, Highland Park Presbyterian Church in Dallas, Texas, where I began my career in ministry. And last Thursday, as I was writing my sermon, I received an email letting me know that Brian had very tragically passed away in his sleep. Uh, he was 44 years old. Uh, and beyond the just you know, unimaginable and immediate loss to his family, to uh, his friends, uh, to that church itself, it is a tremendous loss uh, for Christ's church universal, right? We are in a place in history where we need all the younger leaders that we can get. Well, Brian's memorial service was held on Wednesday, just this last Wednesday on All Saints Day. And as hundreds packed into the sanctuary, I think even thousands packed around the church, even thousands watched online. Uh, we heard his friends and mentors remember Brian. And the one word that was repeated more than any other word in that entire service was humility. I want you to just think about that. I know that you don't know Brian, or maybe some of you have heard about him. Brian was a Stanford alum. He was a brilliant leader. Uh, he was an inspiring preacher. You can go watch his sermons. He'd been given this role as the senior pastor of Highland Park Presbyterian Church, which uh, was one of the largest and most influential congregations in our denomination. And he was given this role at age 34. Right? You thought I was young. I'm like, I've got years of wisdom uh, beyond age 34. Well, when he arrived at this church, the church was really floundering. I know because... I had been there just a year before. It was in decline. It was confused about who they were. And under his leadership, this church flourished. They rediscovered who they were. They planted three new churches. They uh, transformed their campus to welcome neighbors from the local community into it. And they became a leading 
presence in the city of Dallas. You can go look online about this. And yet not a single person who spoke at his funeral, not a single friend, colleague, mentor, or family member lauded Brian's resume. Not a single person talked about his many accomplishments. To a person, they spoke of his deep and abiding humility. His friend Todd described him as a person who is so comfortable being human. And I tell you this story because his life is a glowing example of that truth that Eugene Peterson captured in his translation, that if you are comfortable being yourself, that your life will count for plenty. The great paradox of the Christian life is this. You want to be great, do something small. You want to be first, settle for last. You want to stand out, step down, as Peterson says, and serve. And if you want to be a saint, you have to learn first to be yourself. And if you can do that, if you can be a person who accepts the full truth about who you are, and what I mean by that is you accept your own need for grace and mercy, then your life will count for plenty. Because when you discover the power of grace for yourself, when you lay down that heavy burden of pretending to be maybe something that you're not, or to pretending to have everything all together all the time, you lay down that heavy burden of image maintenance or whatever it is, you give permission and you give freedom to everybody around you to be themselves and to do the exact same thing. And I will tell you this, that if we can do that together as a church community, that we will be a tremendous blessing to Lake Forest and beyond. I couldn't get out of the sermon without talking about the Texas Rangers, so here goes. After they won the World Series this week, for the first time ever, Derek Jeter, uh, who had been interviewing all of the players, asked the, the manager, how come everybody that comes up here doesn't talk about themselves? And the manager quickly responded, that's how you win. Obviously, the church is not a baseball team, but we are a community. We're a community of people whose mission is greater than each of us individually can do on our own. And if we want to be a blessing to this community, out these doors, along this North Shore, the greater Chicago area, it begins with humility. It begins with none of us talking about ourselves, but talking about Jesus, who said, whoever exalts themselves will be humbled but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And I'll tell you what, Jesus didn't just preach these words. He lived them even to the point of death on a cross, which is how he was able to say, also, come unto me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. At the conclusion of this service, we're going to sing the hymn for all the saints, which begins with the words, for all the saints who from their labors rest. And I just want to underline that for you here right now. Our faith is not a burden. It is the exact opposite. We humbly give our burdens to Jesus, and in exchange, find rest. Right now and forever. Amen. Amen.